0: Good evening, and welcome to Meet the Artist Interviews. I'm your host, Charles Chip McNeil. I'm the director of education for the San Francisco Ballet. Today is Friday, April thirteenth, two 2012, and here we are recording from the San Francisco War Memorial Opera House. It's a pleasure to welcome all of you, and for those of you who will eventually listen online, welcome. (laughs) San Francisco Ballet often puts the podcasts of the Meet the Artist interviews and the Points of View lectures online. And you can find out more about San Francisco Ballet, see interviews, videos, other backstage and inside stories at sfballet.org. Well, tonight's guest is a distinguished artist who has danced with the Royal Ballet of Wallonie, the Royal Ballet of Flanders, Ballet de Monte Carlo, and of course, San Francisco Ballet. My guest has danced many major roles to critical acclaim and performs important contemporary works by some of the most celebrated choreographers of our day. We have enjoyed him as Mercutio in Romeo and Juliet, as Sancho Panza in Don Quixote, the Snow King Chinese and Russian characters in The Nutcracker, and the poet in The Little Mermaid. He has played many lead roles, including those in Double Evil, Elite Syncopations, The Dance House, Raku, and many, many more. He originally joined San Francisco Ballet as a soloist in 2002 and was promoted to principal in 2003. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome principal dancer Pascal Molat.
1: Good evening. Thank you.
0: Well, welcome, Pascal. And so this has been an exciting and interesting season so far. And tell me, what has the highlight been for you so far? What has been your most memorable moment?
1: Oh, for this season, I yeah. have many different highlights. But uh, to have uh, created like a new ballet with Marc Maurice, Beau, was uh, very special. It's always uh, very interesting to work with Marc. Mm-hmm. But uh, to also do a chroma, a piece that, that we gave uh, already last year mm-hmm. from McGregor. Right. It's always uh, a contemporary uh, work, but uh, I love to do it. I love to do always Mercutio. It's one of... Uh, the highlight uh, for this season but all along my career too because I've been doing it a lot with many different companies. Um, Tomorrow I'm dancing 40s, Melancholic, tomorrow night and uh, it's one of my favorite roles also in the the Balanchine um, repertoire. And, uh, yeah, we'll finish with Don Quixote (laughs) and with uh, Sancho Pancha. uh, I don't have uh, much pressure on stage, but I have uh, a lot of fun to do uh, Sancho because it's... uh being very humoristic, I will say, Mm -hmm. and also telling the story, which I love. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, among many other ballets, because, you know, you are sometimes dancing so many ballets that you actually
0: forget what you dance. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. wow. Well, you mentioned the, the characterization of Sancho Panza, which I think I've remarked before in other interviews about the need for skills at, at characterization and acting, and um, did your background prepare you for that or, or did you get that acquire that skill in practice as a um, professional? <clears throat> I believe it was
1: inside of me. I, I mean, I always uh, liked to uh, uh, make some characterization, I will say, but also in uh, Paris Opera School, uh, we had many different classes, but one was the mime. Oh, okay. And so every week we had like an hour and a half class of mime, which actually helped a lot because, of course, you cannot speak. So you have really to use like all your language, your, your facial expression to, uh, to try to uh, tell a story. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I, I really appreciate that class when I was in Paris, opera. but I also believe that it's uh, something that maybe you have inside of you from the beginning mm-hmm. or something that you have really to work on mm-hmm. t- anyway to make it better or to make it uh, even better if you don't have any actor skills yeah. you know but uh, yes i l- i like to to act it's uh, i i really believe like as a dancer like i always say that it's uh, completely part of being an artist and being a dancer because uh, you cannot um, Tell a story, and especially if it's Romeo and Juliet or like Little Mermaid from John de Mier, uh, if you cannot like express yourself or express
0: a story, it's hard to be a dancer those days. Mm. That's int- you know, you mentioned the Little Mermaid. So juxtapose the solemn, more dramatic characterizations that happen in the Little Mermaid versus the comedy, comedy I have a French accent now. The com- <laughs> the comedy of of uh, Sancho Panza. So so which is easier to do the comedy or the drama?
1: Hmm, That's an interesting question. I didn't have this question to myself (laughs) yet. No, because when you are working on one role, you are not asking yourself if it's more difficult Mm. or not. You are just trying to get as much much information as you can get to try to create the personage, the character. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I like the sensitivity of a little mermaid, it's something like, uh, it really needs to come from a nucleus mm-hmm. inside of yourself to try to project it. And like uh, uh, the character of Sancho is, I won't say is more superficial, but it's, it's more um, close to your skin. I mean, like I- anyway, just by having the costume, which mm-hmm. is a huge costume and everything, um, give you the clue of how to walk how to uh, uh, personify mm-hmm. the, the character. So uh, uh, even like for The Little Mermaid, uh, how we are dressed... Has uh, a poet give you? I mean, I always say like, uh, um, when the hair are done, when you have the costume on, it's already you are part of the character. Mm-hmm. But I never ask the question to myself: uh, Is Sancho is harder than um, than the poet? Mm-hmm. N- no, I think it's really two different stories, and you really really need to dive into it to mm-hmm. be the character and not being it in superficial, but really think about what this character will do in
0: that situation right. and try to be very natural with it. You, that's really fascinating what you say about the, the costumes and the characterization that comes alive through the, the uh, artifacts and the things that you do. You, you think of that more in terms of acting, but you don't think of it as being so relevant with dance, so that's, that's rather surprising.
1: Uh, yeah, it's very relevant. Like, for example, I did Raku, which is one of so, the highlights of the season for me, which I really love because I have the chance...
0: We love record thank you we love record. I have
1: the chance to be also mean
0: <laughs> <laughs> and
1: uh, like just to have like to see yourself in a mirror wi- without, without any hair, yeah you know suddenly give you another perspective and another look at yourself and knowing that already what you look like, you can even like personify inside of yourself right. the the, the characterization of the of the
0: monk and so because of the effects that the costume and makeup has, do you get to rehearse like with the Sancho Panza part of the costume on so that you can know how to move and what's cap- what you're capable of doing with it?
1: Uh, yes, most of the time uh, when you have accessories or, mm-hmm. or especially like for Sancho with the big belly, I mean, I have padding almost everywhere. <laughs> I can fall and I will not hurt myself for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, we, we haven't started yet the rehearsal for that. I mean, for, I mean, like we have starting the rehearsal for Quixote, but not my part as a Sancho Panza, but for mm-hmm. sure I will have this uh, padding all around, because it, it's very important to get used mm-hmm. to, to what you have uh, on top of yourself and yeah. also play with it. Know how to find, yeah. you know, the, how you're going to walk, or even if you want to run, how you're going to run, because, you know, you cannot run like uh, you are uh, an athlete when right. you are Sancho Panza with right. like uh, uh, 200 pounds, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> So um, uh, for sure, like during the real soul it helps a lot to have like all these accessories and also costume to, uh, to work little by little and understand what you, what you want to do with it.
0: Yes. So we're talking about all these different characters and different roles. So as we think about the contemporary works that we do so often, the neoclassical, and then the most classical, um, how is it to move between these different Uh, kinds of ballets from night to night or sometimes in the same evening where you have to rely on different technique um, and different muscles. For
1: sure you rely on different technique and different muscles but once again I mean we are so used to do that all the Mm -hmm. time that uh, like for example when I had to do Oraku and the following ballet was Ashley Page's Guide to the Strange Places you you don't think about like oh now what i should do to do this ballet no you just you just do it you know because you have the real soul for that and you know your body since like we have those muscle memory mm-hmm. uh, your body knows like to change gear and put himself in an, in yeah. another dimension and another style you know and uh I won't say like it's just to push one button and you, you, you change, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's actually like almost that because your brain and your body is already ready to to change the
0: style, you know. Right. You know, I was looking, doing some research for this interview, and I was uh, looking up um, the story of four T's, once again, um, the four temperaments by Balanchine, and it was noted that the while well, the ballet was choreographed in. Uh, 1946, it was, some, thank you, it was some 30 years later that the finale was added, and of course ballet, Balanchine is known for changing and ballets, evolving over time, so is it hard when the choreographer changes like a small part of a ballet or a single step or two um, over time, do you kind of have to, and do you have to remember that you're doing one production of Don Q versus guesting and doing another production of Don Q, like how it's different?
1: Um, No, I I think your mind is really set. I mean, like, for example, I've I've done, like, in my career, like, five different Romeo and Juliet. Oh, my God. And so I was always, I mean, in one of them, I was doing Romeo, and on the other four, I was doing Mercutio. So four different... Uh, Mercutio but as soon as you do one production you are into it if you have to learn another one it's like turning a new white page you know and you rewrite the text but you you can actually what is interesting is like you can use what you have already done and try to uh, put some ingredients because it's the same character anyway in the new choreography but uh, like the choreography you know it's your taste you have just to learn it by heart and and goes like that. So it's, it's not complicated for us to uh, like either change style or learn a new choreography. Now if you get like some step five minutes before the curtain raise it can be challenging, <laughs> but it's yeah. also, like, the advantage also of it's like, uh, uh, keep you uh, uh, on the uh, shag- uh, eggshells, I mm-hmm. would say, like, mm-hmm. walk, you Walking know, like, get, shells. like, very focused because you know that there is some change, so you cannot just, like, uh, have your mind somewhere, you mm-hmm. know, you have to really be concentrated, but... Um, uh, like I say, it fits five minutes before. It can be challenging if, like, it's a week before the performance. It's not really a problem,
0: right? So, in uh, a character like Sancho Panza, in uh, Don Q, all the comedic bits, all the different funny parts—do you? Is some of that um, that you make up? That uh, or is every single single movement you do choreographed? Or is there some freedom?
1: No I mean, in those kind of roles, for sure you have some freedom and um um you get like the the big um schema schema of the role the big scheme, scheme the big picture mm-hmm. big picture of the role, and I know that's most most of the time when I'm on stage i'm improvising sometimes. Of course, you are like, you have your map and mm-hmm. you know at that right. point you have to be there at this and do this and that. Yes. But in between, uh-huh. that's what is very uh, <laughs> uh, nice. It's like you can really improve and I know that uh, many times I'm uh, by the past doing Sancho, I make my... Uh, co-workers laugh on stage
0: <laughs> <laughs> i would think that would be a danger though wouldn't it if you did something like super funny that you've never done before and the other characters have to stay in like what is he doing
1: yeah but you it's know? also good because it's fresh and they have to react to that so yeah. it's, it's very spontaneous yeah. and that's what also bring like uh, uh, something very fresh yeah, you know but true. for sure at first you you, you have your guideline Right. And in between the lines, especially for a role like Sancho, you can uh, you can
0: develop it, yes. Okay. If you're just joining us, I'm in conversation with Pascal Moulat, principal dancer with San Francisco Ballet. Um, I'm going to give the audience a chance to ask a couple of questions. I just have so many. I feel like I really have these big questions. And so one of my big questions is, um, you, you've been dancing, you know, you've been with the companies for, for over 10 years now, and the world of ballet like so many other art forms is changing and evolving and do you sense that change? Do you sense the way new dancers are different or learning things differently? Do you sense that the art form is changing and evolving? Um, sort of a big when, question. When you, actually, when you are into it,
1: sometimes you don't see the change coming mm-hmm. as much as if you are, uh, if you are not outsider. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I see, of course, like a new generation coming, and they have sometimes a different approach that uh, maybe I have, you know. But mm-hmm. I won't say I'm like I'm old, old school <laughs> already. <laughs> but uh, yeah, now some sometimes, I mean, I think um, young people uh, can be more confident, or mm-hmm. um, maybe m- sometimes more ready than we were Uh, or I was when I was maybe their age. Mm -hmm. Even if I had the chance to uh, uh, had my first contract as a soloist, Mm -hmm. I never (laughs) experienced the corps de ballet in my life, Mm -hmm. which was in one way a good thing. But um, uh, I I cannot really perceive from the inside that there is a lot of change, except that there is more and more young people around me.
0: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome to my world. It's <laughs> a cycle of life. <laughs> it is, it is. The days go faster, the people get younger. So, speaking of young people, do you find yourself giving advice or mentoring young people? Yes, I do.
1: I, and yeah. I like that. And I think it's, uh, for me, it's even a duty to do it. Um, mm. I'm, like, with my age, I'm of course, more experienced. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important also to share your knowledge, to not keep it for yourself, but actually give all the secret that you have. That's right. And um, and for those who really wants to listen, you know, and and me like looking at them and seeing their improvement, it's also a, a great benefit, you know, for for everybody. And um, so yeah, I like to either on the technical side, but also on artist an artistic side, I like to uh, to give some some. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Um, Good advice. Advice, yes. Speaking of good advice, you have been very successful at negotiating a very demanding and successful career, and you have to balance personal, family, with work, and a work that includes nights and weekends and traveling. And you have a little boy. You have a little baby. Seems like he was just born, but he's like two and a half. Two and a half already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you negotiate that? How do you manage that? Actually, yeah, you don't negotiate it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, it's something like um, um, when you are not a father, you cannot really understand. But as soon as you are one, uh, you understand also like. Um, very easily because everything is very natural. Mm-hmm. It's not that you are pushing yourself. Like, the priorities also are changing, of course. But, like, even, like, for the better because uh, uh, having a smile just waking up in the morning from your child makes you boost for all the day, mm-hmm. you know? But it's also uh, true that... Um, Sometimes when I have two hour break, I just go back home and play an hour uh, at the park with my son. And that gives me the energy like to come back at night, you know, and and do what I love. And it's uh, so full of life that that's. Keep m- keeping me alive for sure. And so those moments are precious, aren't they? They are precious, really? and they are going, like you said, they, it's, it's going so fast, like it's two and a half, and it seems like it was yesterday, you know? So I really, really try, and especially at that age when you just want to eat them al- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really, t- I really try to yeah. take advantage of that because it's going so fast. But you, you don't think that... Uh, I don't think that uh, it's taking something from my dancing, that's actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm very busy and it's it's a long days and everything, but it's so rewarding for your heart, for everything, for your soul, that after you just bring everything on stage and
0: everybody's happy. Oh, wow. Well, one one last question on this this same line, and that is, um, would you wish for your son to become a dancer? Should he exemplify those? I mean, uh,
1: for sure he will be exposed. Mm I will expose him, like, to dance, but to everything, you know, everything. I can, you know. And he will make the choice. I, won't make I will not push him, you know, that's for sure. I will just try to, be, you know, I love sports. I love, I mean, art. I love a lot of things. And uh, I think he's good. He's, he, he has a membership for four different museums. I'm going to soccer for... <laughs> I'm going to soccer with him. I'm going to the swimming pool with him on every Monday. Uh, He's Mm -hmm. going out, he's very social. And I think it's very important just to expose him. And then later on, I think it will be easier for him to make a choice Mm -hmm. if he really likes something. But I will not, if he likes dance and really wants to do
0: that, he will do it. Otherwise, he will do something else. That's right. That's, our, that's the job of, of parents and teachers and mentors, isn't it? To, to pay attention, expose them to as much as you can, pay attention mm-hmm. and see where they're thriving, yes. to see where their heart
1: lies. Yeah, you are here like to create a bridge for them mm-hmm. to pass and to go in the direction you choose.
0: That's right. Wow. Well, this is such an interesting conversation. I want to include all of you. So uh, anyone who has a question for Mr. Mulat? Yes. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the question is how you became a dancer, and are you from a dancing family? And one of the reasons I didn't ask those questions is I'm so known for starting from the beginning of everybody's life, so I'm trying to, to sort of start in different places. But where? how did you start? I started in Montpellier. My mother was taking
1: jazz class, but I was more interested in soccer at that time. And... Um they just had like a little student party where I danced Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And the director of the school uh, noticed me and wanted, to do, uh, wanted me to do a performance, which I did. And uh, it was like uh, uh, quite amazing and I really loved it. So uh, at one point, I just had to make a choice between soccer and dancing. And since I've been taken in Paris Opera, the choice was made for me.
0: Mm-hmm. What age were you? I was 12. At 12. 12. Yes? What a good question. The question is, uh, in your transition from um, Ballet de Monte Carlo to San Francisco Ballet, did you have to change or adjust your style or training
1: to come here? No, because uh, the training, the most important part of the training is when you're at school. Mm-hmm. So you, you really... Um, work on your technique and if you have a solid technique after you can do anything and doesn't go (laughs) the other way around right right. (laughs) so uh, so i had the chance to do six years in paris opera school who gave me like very uh, strong uh, uh, classical technique Mm -hmm. then i had the chance after with the wild Ballet of flanders or monte carlo to either do contemporary or classical ballet Mm And from there, uh, I just decided to come here (laughs) because they could propose me all the repertoire that I wanted to dance. But technically, you know, uh, as soon as you have your technique, you you can do anything.
0: Right. And um, another question. Yes. Wow, another big question. I like the big questions. (laughs) So any thoughts about your future not that we want you to retire anytime soon but any thoughts about what what life holds for you post post dancing
1: uh, i have uh, i mean knowing myself i have different ideas uh, one is for sure and i was uh, saying that earlier that uh, it's a duty for me to pass it on so i would love to be a teacher not teaching like six or seven hours a day (laughs) but uh, maybe just one class a day to Mm -hmm. really like um, um, I will rather like even work with men because I'm really Mm -hmm. um, attached to the uh, technical aspect Mm -hmm. with men, which Mm -hmm. is uh, incredible, but also on the artistry. So it's one thing that for sure I would love to teach a little Mm -hmm. bit, but I also want still to continue to develop uh, my artistic side. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking about acting earlier. Um, I had the chance already to do a project with as ACT right. the Tosca project which has been uh, very successful where I was dancing a little bit but nothing like I do on this stage mm-hmm. <clears throat> and had the chance to do many different characterizations on mm-hmm. one piece like almost 12 different um, um, personality. so um, it's something that also like um, appeals me mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully maybe in the future maybe I will also develop more of that side And uh, why not to be an ambassador for the San Francisco Ballet, too? Who knows? I
0: think it'd be great. (laughs) You know, you you said something that I'm not going to let slip. You said you would like to teach, but not six classes a day. And is that because you feel like then it becomes more onerous, more, uh, more? You you don't have the same freshness and the same passion, and that's why you would want to limit it. Is it's it's complete. Yes, mm-hmm. I will say completely
1: yes. It's just I think that uh, uh, an hour and a half of class as a teacher can mm-hmm. be very demanding. Oh yes, you know. Oh yes, and if you are really doing well, like giving all what you have. Can really be enough for the day it's true. physically, but also like uh, just so giving back everything mm-hmm. you you know, and uh yes, yeah, so like you said, sometimes like maybe too many hours will kill the teacher, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh, now for me, yeah, an hour and a half will be will be more than enough, and mm-hmm. will be very happy,
0: so I can just like pass it on, which right. is very important to me right. I think being a teacher is like exercising. A certain kind of muscle and I think the more you do it the better you get at it but it's hard to maintain I think all good teachers strive to keep that passion and keep that the passion like to yeah I mean like as a teacher you
1: you have many things to do but like also to transmit the passion is really the most important yeah like to get like people in front of you, uh, children, exciting, looking at you, hungry, you know? You know yeah. It's like to get also their focus, their attention yeah. during an hour and a half, if you really want to drive them, it takes a lot of energy for the teacher, it does. And, but also when you see the result, it's everybody happy, you know? Yeah, very,
0: very good. Well, we uh, have another question over here. Yes. Oh. So, when you think about teaching, what, what age group? You, you mentioned men's class. Um, is that company class, pre-professionals, yeah. uh, boys, middle right. level? <clears throat> right now,
1: for me, uh, the, the easiest will be like the 16, 17, 18 years old because they, still, they, they have already a technique where you can like try to improve. Um, being a teacher, even if you are a professional dancer, being a teacher is not given to everybody. And... To teach like the children and uh, like seven, eight, nine, ten years old, it's also very crucial. Um, for that, I will. I think I will need like to get like the, some help from other teachers who are already given class to those to uh, those children. You know, so seventeen, eighteen years old, it's closer to what I do every day and like. Like to push their technique, I will love that to stimulate them. Now, when you have like uh, uh, children from eight, nine, 10 years old, or even 11, it's another work. And I think for that, I will need the help like to other teachers yeah. to make it sure you are doing it well. Mm-hmm. Because,
0: uh, you, of course, anybody can be a teacher, but how? That's the question. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, we're nearing the end of our time together, and I want to leave them with thoughts about tonight's production. You mentioned the fact that um, Balanchine, obviously, is a, is a legendary and seminal choreographer. And the Ballet Fortis, um, tell, us, tell us what your insight is on that ballet, what it means to you. Is that ballet different? You mentioned it's one of your favorites. It's one of his earliest works. And, and what do you love about it, and why is it important? i mean like already the the music
1: of course <laughs> give you so much um, you can see like many different temperaments so different it's very colorful even if we are just in white and black with the costume the choreography by itself it's like like you say he was very young but i think he he was also trying so many things to touch so many different uh, sensitivity mm-hmm. that uh, when you look at the ballet, yeah, it's a masterpiece because the music and the choreography really gives you um, all what you need to try to dance, to mm-hmm. dance it well, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, wow. Well, you know what? I have so enjoyed our time here together and I, I feel like there's so much more to talk about. And the last time I interviewed you was three years ago and we can't wait this long before the next interview. I want to thank you all for joining us. Enjoy tonight's show. Have a nice evening. Thank you.